thank you so much for joining me on our first official episode of the DH Basics podcast. My name is Dana and I am your host for this show. I'm so excited that you're here and I'm not going to delay in getting started with this interview. Our interviewee today is a good friend of mine, Jessica. She and I were co-workers together at two different teaching jobs. She's an amazing dental hygienist and she's got a big future ahead of her. So I'm so excited for you to hear her story and to hear her unique perspective on how she got into dental hygiene school and what she felt about the process and her advice on how to get in. So thank you for joining us again, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome, Jessica, to the DH Basics podcast. I'm excited to have you on today, and I just want you to start by telling me a little bit about yourself and your journey leading to dental hygiene school. Thank you, Dana. I am very excited to be here. Well, my name is Jessica. I am a hygienist. I've been a dental hygienist for almost 10 years now. I think I'm hitting my nine-year mark this year. And let's see, before dental hygiene school, I uh, I was in the service. So I spent four years in the Marine Corps. And then I went to school for dental assisting. I did that for about a year. And then uh, I transitioned and I applied for dental hygiene school I went to um, an associate's level program in Memphis, Tennessee at Concord Career College. I finished that in 2015. I worked clinically for about five years um, full-time, and then I finished a bachelor's completion program uh, at Texas Women's University, and then I did a master's program at Texas Women's University, and then uh, I transitioned into education, and I taught dental hygiene for about three and a half years. And then uh, just in December, I went back and I uh, started working clinically again and I uh, started going to school again because I want to try to apply to go to dental school. So that's been my sort of dental hygiene journey. <laughs> that's great. A great story. And so a little bit about your time in the service. Did you have any experience with dentistry when you were in the service? No, actually, I was uh, I was an engineer in the Marine Corps, and so I got to build things and and you know do all of that. Um, you do get your teeth cleaned once a year when you're in the service, and you like have to go to your dental appointments in order to like be eligible to do the other training and be able to like deploy and things like that. So you have to like hit a certain classification of your dental health. And um, I remember going and you know hearing the hygienist tell me things like you know, you have this spot over here, you have to clean better, you need to floss more. And I just remember all of it just kind of going straight over my head. Like I have no idea what's going on. And let me just get through this so I can go back to doing my job. And it's funny to look back on that now because I, now I say all those things. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's a definitely full circle. So between the military service and going to assisting school, how all of a sudden did you kind of fall into dentistry? What happened? Yeah, I had a friend who uh, she was, it was a guy that I was in the service with wife um, and she was going to school to be a dental assistant. And she was telling me like, oh, it's so great. You get, you know, you never work weekends, you get holidays off, you know, it's such a great schedule, um, you know, working in, in the dental field is so like rewarding and all this stuff. And so I remember being like, hmm, you know, as an engineer, I was building things and we were going to be moving to Texas. And so I knew I didn't want to work outside 
not in the heat of Texas. Yeah. And so I, uh, I started looking to go to school for something new and, you know, the VA has all of these amazing benefits that you want to use when you get out. So I knew I wanted to go to school for something. And so I, when I moved to Texas, I started looking at the time, I didn't even really understand the difference between dental hygiene and dental assisting. Um, And I think a lot of people don't really understand the differences and the different kind of roles that people play in an office. And so I, I went into a school having no idea what their, what their programs were. And they were a dental assistant program and they, you know, told me all about it and, and what they do. And I was like, sure, sign me up. So I went to school for that. And then, um, um, after that, so I was working in an office and it was a corporate office and I'd gotten kind of like loaned to another office for a day cause they were short and they needed somebody. So I go travel to this other office and I'm busting my butt trying to help everybody clean and do all of this stuff. And I was cleaning a hygienist's room once and, um, and he was writing his notes and he starts complaining about how much he's getting paid right? And how he has to do so much work and he has to write his own notes and he has to clean his own room, even though I was cleaning his room. And uh, he has to do all this stuff and he's making less there than where he was before. And he didn't have to do all those things there. And then he tells me how much he's making. And it was three times the amount that I was making while I was cleaning his room. Wow. (laughs) I remember just being like, like I got punched in the gut. Like, are you kidding me? So immediately I was like, I have to go to dental hygiene school. There's no, I, I, I don't even know enough about what they're doing. I just can't, I can't do this. So, uh, so yeah, I, I started looking for that. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. I don't think you've ever told me that story before. So that's really <laughs> fun <laughs> to hear how that all kind of came into play. That's yeah. great. Well, is there anything else you feel like you want to share about your background or your story before we move into some rapid fire questions? One other component, I think, of what finally tipped the scales for me to go from being a dental assistant into being a hygienist was that I became a single mom, right? And so what I was making as a dental assistant, um, I was working full time and I couldn't make enough to support the lifestyle that I had with my kiddo. And so I got to a point where I was like, I, I can't do this. I can't, I can't, you know, provide this lifestyle that I want to provide. And so I, I had to do something new. And I think that for a lot of us, we, you know, we kind of hold off on doing this thing that we want. We have this dream that we want, but we don't necessarily go for it until there's a catalyst that creates this. You either have to do it. It's now or never. And so that was the tipping point for me was becoming a single mom and realizing that I, I had to do it for me and her. And, um, and so, you know, I changed my whole life. I moved out. I, I moved up to uh, Arkansas. I lived with my grandparents while I was going to hygiene school. It was a very humbling experience to be, you know, practically a teenager again while I was going to school. And I just, like for anybody who's like, you know, when is the right moment to do this thing? It's, it's a hard decision to make, like, when's the right moment? And so that was, that was one other component for me that really pushed me to do it. I think your story is inspiring for a lot of students who maybe have that hurdle that they feel like they have to overcome. And I like that you didn't just fall into the path of dentistry early on in life. You kind of 
overcame some other things. You went through the military and then you almost had, you know, a refocus in life where you ended up falling into hygiene. You know, I love that story, but I think it's great that you were able to see your why and the why was your daughter. And I think a lot of our listeners will resonate with that as well because they see a better future for themselves and for their kids. And I love that your message is, you know, basically if not now, when, you know, if this is your dream, you just have to have that why to go after it. So I love that part of your story. That's great. Thank you. Well, we'll move into some rapid fire questions now, and these are designed for our listeners who are embarking on their new dental hygiene career and they're interested in what it takes to get into dental hygiene school. So I know you mentioned you went to Concord Career Colleges in Tennessee, and that's where you got your associate's degree. And then you went on to finish your bachelor's completion at Texas Women's and then your master's as well, which is amazing. So before you started, when you were taking your prerequisites, what was your overall GPA when you actually applied to dental hygiene school? So I did mine a little unconventionally. Concord Career College doesn't require that you have any prerequisites. They, they're a fantastic program. They actually have um, like a beginning portion where you take your prerequisites with them. And so that wasn't a requirement with them. However, while I was still in the service, I started taking classes because I, I had, you know, a couple of other things that I thought I might go to school for. So I, um, I did an associate's degree in general studies and I, you know, so I'd taken my math class, I'd taken um, English, I took history, government, those kinds of things that those like basic classes for, especially if you're in Texas or most states, I think have like a core class thing you have to take. So I did those in an associates with a school before. I can't remember Texas something college. It was in Colleen. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So I did that. And then um, I got a 3.9 with them. Actually, that's the only B I've ever gotten in my life in an English class. It was online and I was pregnant at the time. But anyway, that's a long story. So I, I got a 3.9 with that. And then for dental assisting, because I did that before hygiene school as well, that was a component of my application to hygiene. And so with dental assisting, I had a 4.0. And then when I applied to dental hygiene school, I already had some of the prerequisites. So I was able to kind of get out of some of them. I think I only ended up taking a math class with my prerequisites and I took, I took like anatomy and physiology and uh, chemistry, I think at Concord as a part of their prerequisites. But, uh, but the rest of those classes I had already taken before. Nice. So you already had an associate's degree when you applied? Yes, Yes, I did. Okay. And did you, well, you mentioned you had some dental experience because you went through dental assisting school, but prior to that, you had no dental experience, right? Right. Yeah. So I had about a year of dental assisting experience before I applied to dental hygiene school. Do you feel like your dental assisting experience helped when you got into hygiene school? That's kind of a a yes and no kind of answer. It's a little more nuanced than that because on one hand, yes, I knew certain vocabulary words uh, like, you know, mesial, distal, those kinds of things. As far as teeth structure, I knew a little bit about teeth numbering because obviously, you know, you're doing that with the with the dentist. The level that I thought I knew going into dental hygiene school was definitely not what I thought I knew. Like I, I thought I was 
it was going to make it easier for me. And in some cases it, it did, but in some cases it made it worse because I thought I already knew. And then I found out that it was so much more complicated or there was so much I didn't know that it was it was pretty eye-opening for me to go into hygiene school and realize all the things I didn't know. Before you applied, did you apply to multiple schools or was Concord the only school you applied to? Concord was actually the only school that I applied to uh, because of my like situation and like living arrangements and things like that. I applied to Concord uh, because they were the faster program. I know a lot of people have a hard time with Concord because of the cost. It does cost more than like a, a university um, or even like a, a community college. But because I was a veteran, I had the, the financial side wasn't the barrier for me. So I applied to them because of the, the pace that we were going to go. We were, it was an accelerated program. I was going to finish in a year and a half. And so that was the route that I went. And then also because the, there was only two schools that were close enough to me that I would have applied to. And the other one was um, University of Tennessee, Memphis. And their process was a lot longer to, to go through. And so um, I applied to Concord and I kind of had like the plan B that if I don't get accepted this first round, I'm going to, you know, start the process for the other. But if I get in, then, then I won't need to do that. So that sounds good. And so did you only have to apply once? I did only apply once. I got in on that first round. And at the time, did you know the difference between an associate's program and a bachelor's? Did that weigh in on your experience at all? No, uh, I didn't. I didn't really understand that component. And I think that a lot of people don't necessarily understand that component when they're coming into it, because, you know, when you finish dental assistant or dental hygiene, whether you have an associate's or a bachelor's, you're, you're a clinical hygienist, you're going to take the same board exams, you're going to take the same clinical exam. And so at the end, you can go and work clinically. But I think that with the associate's degree, I didn't realize that there was more out there you can do with your, your dental hygiene degree that I, I couldn't do without a higher degree. So I think I don't necessarily think that in the moment, if I had understood the nuance there, that I would have made a different decision because, you know, I was I was working with the situation I had. But at the same time, um, it might have changed the overall path that I took. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people don't know the difference. I feel like I applied to the bachelor's, but I don't really know why I did. I think I wanted to move, you know, where I wanted to move and that was where the school was. So I just went with it. Um, but you learn so much more when you get into the program and your options that are available for you. So what do you feel like was the most difficult process of the application or the, you know, the admissions process? For me, it was, it was fairly straightforward. You know, I went in and I had to do kind of like a, a meeting with the admissions and they talked to me about what program might be right for me. And I remember um, she was like, you know, let's do a, an analysis of what your interests are. And I was like, I'm already a dental assistant. And she was like, okay, so it sounds like you want to be in dental hygiene. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> and I remember being like, yeah, that's the only thing I'm interested in. And then they had a, an entrance exam that you have to take um, like an aptitude test. And so, um, I don't remember the name of it, but it was like a, a it was kind of reminded me of a, a furry rodent was the name of the test. But anyway, it was two parts. So the first one was whether or not I had a good enough score to be able to get into the school at all. The second aptitude test that they had me take was um, whether or not I could get into the dental hygiene program because they only had two, I think, uh, associates level programs. And so 
when I took the first one, I had gotten a good enough score that she was like, you should just turn around and take the second test today. And I was like, well, I don't necessarily feel good about that. And she had kind of like a little booklet of material that was going to be covered on this second harder aptitude test. And so I, I decided to wait and I took it home and I read the booklet and I like watched a bunch of videos and it was basic things like basic sciences, basic maths, um, just stuff that I hadn't seen in years because I was, you know, in the service and doing all the other stuff that I'd gotten away from. So I think if you were coming kind of right out of high school or you were a little closer to high school, I probably wouldn't have taken that time. But um, for me, it was a little longer. So so I took the time to go review all of those topics and then go back and take that aptitude test. So that was my hardest component of it, I think. <laughs> did you have any type of interview that you had to do? We did do an interview. It was a whole, so the, the, you know, test was there. I had to, you know, get all my transcripts in a row and do all of that. And then also they do an interview face to face and they have like a scoring system that they have. So, you know, whether or not you had experience and what your grades were like, what kind of classes you had before, um, all of that stuff went into the score. And then your sort of interviewing ability was a part of that scoring. And so then you did get in. Yay. So that was exciting. And how old <laughs> were you when you started dental hygiene school? If you don't mind sharing. I think I was already 25. Um, so yeah, at 25, I was, I think this third oldest person in my class. Um, almost everybody was younger than me and there were only two that were, that were a little older, but I remember kind of feeling old the whole time I was going through school. And at 25, I look at that now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was a baby. Um, but <laughs> I was like, I'm so old. <laughs> I felt the same way. I was older than most of the people in my class, but then there were a couple that were older than me. And I remember feeling that often. They were all turning 21. And I was like, oh, those days have come and gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask you, how many students do you remember? That, like how many students did you have in your class? I think we had 24 students. Um, I think every hygiene program usually is kind of limited to the size of their clinic. Cause like, you know, you have to be an operator in a clinic and in, in your operatory. And so they, they always have to like kind of stagger the schedule. Um, and so we had 12 chairs. And so we were only able to take in 24 students. Okay. Did you finish with all of the students that you started with? You started with 24 did all 24 graduate with you? I believe along the way, uh, we lost one student in like the prerequisites. And then I think it was either the third or fourth term, um, we lost another student, but it was like to uh, circumstances. I don't think it was to grades. I think something came up where she needed to move away for something. I gotcha. Uh, okay. We didn't, we didn't graduate with everybody. What do you feel like was the most difficult transition going into dental hygiene school? For me specifically, it was like the the pace of dental hygiene school at Concord was it's it's very fast paced. It is constantly flying by. And so, um, you know, for me, it was just this keeping up. And I was I was living um, an hour and a half 
we live in Texas, so we judge distance by time, right? So I was living an hour and a half away uh, from the school. And with traffic in the morning, sometimes it would be a two-hour drive to get to school. And so I was I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning, and I was dropping my daughter off at, with my mom, and I was driving to school. I started commuting part, part of the way through the program with another girl, so I had to, like, meet at our meeting place, and then we would drive together, you know, go to class go to clinic, get off, drive an hour and a half home, pick up my daughter, eat dinner, work out, study until I fell asleep, and then get up the next day and do it all again. And and the pace of it, like, was, it was exhausting. And, and yeah, I still had to do it for a year and a half. So it was, I think, having the, the sort of Ability to pace yourself and to create a schedule that is sustainable for you is really important, but also like you can't put things off when you have a schedule like that in a fast paced program or even a, even a traditional program. If, even if it's 16 weeks, you have to have the discipline to be able to, if I say I'm going to study today, we're studying today. Even if the test isn't for another week or isn't for another three days, today's the day we study. And if you put things off and you're someone who likes to, oh, well, I'll do that tomorrow, it's it's going to catch up to you eventually. So so the hardest part for me was having the discipline to do what I needed to do on the day I needed to do it. <laughs> that is hard, but I love your story because, you know, you just had so many obstacles and you just say, I just had to do it. It's what I had to do, you know, and there was no excuse for doing it or not doing it. It just was what had to happen for you to be successful. And I think that's why you ended up being so successful because you just put your nose to the grindstone and got it done, which is awesome. I love that. So what final advice or call to action would you give to a student who wants to apply to dental hygiene school or is about to start dental hygiene school? I think that the best advice I can give someone who's who's trying to get into the program is it's it's a little bit twofold. So one is research. Look up the school you're trying to go to. Figure out exactly what they're looking for. Make sure you have to the letter all of the classes that they're looking for. You have the grades that they're looking for. Um, a lot of the time, the students that get accepted into a program, that data gets posted somewhere online. So you are able to look up and find out, you know, what's the average GPA of a school like that they accepted last year or the year before that or the year before that? Um, what's the average testing, the entrance tests? What average score are they accepting? You're able to find every single thing that they're looking for online. It's all there because um, schools have to post these things. And the second thing is it's a little bit of a dance. It's a little bit of a game when you're trying to get in and to go through the interview process and do all of that. And the people who are interviewing you, they're not necessarily trying to get to know you because that's a very long, lengthy process. And they'll get to do that once you're in the program. The thing that they're looking for is, are, do you have what it takes? And are you willing to put in the effort to get into this program? And so if you show up and you have a folder where your resume is in it, maybe an unofficial copy of your transcripts are in there, and you have a, a list of all the stuff that you've been involved in, you have a list of all your work experience, you have, you know, you show up with a, a little folder that has, this is who I am, and I'm willing to shove this down your throat if I have to sort of thing, then there's no question of whether or not you're willing to put in the effort. And, you know, if you show up, and you have no idea about the school. You don't know how long the program is. You don't know. You have all of these questions for things that are easily 
found out online, then they're not going to, you know, be very impressed. But if you show up and you have intelligent questions about what the program is like, why do they have certain students that don't finish the program? Why don't they finish the program? You know, you show up with those kinds of questions, the more hard hitting ones, then, you know, they're going to take you a little bit more seriously. Yeah, twofold. Do the research. Make sure you you know who's going to interview you. I would say that if they don't have the information on like who does the interviews or, you know, they don't have a lot of information about who the director is or things like that. There's a thing called Facebook. You just look up their Facebook page and you find out who just graduated from that school. Message them. Ask them those kinds of questions about, you know, who's the director? Who's, you know, the interview people? What are the teachers like? You're able to find out those kinds of things. I remember for me, I looked up the the director for Concord and she was a very, she was a very stern individual. She was a little bit older. You know, you could tell she was very particular about discipline, right? So I didn't show up to that interview wearing whatever. I I, I got a, a pantsuit. I wore a light colored blouse, no lace, nothing sheer, you know, no jewelry. I put my hair in a low bun. I wore very minimal makeup. Like, I played the game to get into and, and impress her specifically. And, you know, the whole time I'm saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, because I was applying to a program in Tennessee, you know, right in the middle of the Bible Belt. If you're coming to Texas, get the ma'am and sir ready. You have to play that game in order to get in. Your personality is completely separate from your professional personality. And so the professional personality is the person that you need to bring to that interview. So yeah, that's my advice. (laughs) That was fantastic. There's so many things I want to pick apart, but I love the end that you said your personality is not the same as your professionalism. You can bring your personality out as a professional, you know, by being kind and sweet and generous and caring and taking care of your patients and all that. But you're exactly right. At the end of the day, the person that's interviewing you wants to see that you have your stuff together and that you can, in the moment, you know, of stress, we understand, you know, Jessica and I are both educators. We understand that you get nervous in interviews, that this is a very stressful situation. I don't expect perfection, but I do expect preparation. And so I loved your notes about bringing, you know, a folder in that has the information that's pertinent to the interview. Oh, would you like a copy of this? I actually brought it, you know. If you're doing a Zoom interview, if there's anything extra that you need, could you, you know, I can email that to you. You just let me know what you need. And I think that that's a great way to go into any interview is just to be prepared ahead of time. So I loved your advice on that. I think I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for coming on. And I look forward to sharing this with all the students out there. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be a part of this with you. I just want to say thank you again for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, go ahead, like, subscribe, review, all those fun things that you can do for the podcast to help us get more listeners. And I would love for you to stay tuned because our next interview, Jessica actually comes back on the show and she will be interviewing me. So if you're interested in hearing my story, I would love for you to hang tight and listen next.